if you are not watching on YouTube, I highly recommend switching over because we've got some fun videos to share with you all. Uncle Greg is going to get us all caught up on his super <laughs> adventures, and we cannot wait to hear. Exactly. This is exciting. Super it is. Exciting. It, was, it was a great experience. So, And this was on your bucket list item, so I think we need to do a little exactly. toast, let's, to, let's toast to this. And the Super Bowl. Thank you. It was on my bucket list for ever since I remember. My dad and I used to go to Raider games in Oakland when I was, I think, six years old. So I guess only five years ago. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for a long time, I've been going to live football games. I remember my dad, like, you know, back in the 70s. The Oakland, it, I mean, it, it's 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 not the nicest neighborhood in the world. Let's just face it, right? So, but he was, you know, we were on a budget. So we would park way far away, way far away from the stadium. So we wouldn't have to pay the parking prices at the stadium. And we would hike for miles up and down hills. I remember crawling underneath cyclone fences to get into the actual parking lot of the stadium and then we go watch the games and this was back in the kenny stabler days and i mean i saw the super bowls when the raiders were making the super bowl but i never got to go to one then right. the raiders moved to los angeles and my uncle started taking me to the 49er games and we had season tickets to the nice. 49ers during the montana years and the steve young years so i was kind of one of those unique people that actually am a fan of the Raiders and the 49ers because I've had season tickets to both teams growing up and into my young adulthood. So I've always wanted to go to a Super Bowl. And when the Niners made it during the 80s, my uncle went because we got a couple of tickets but my uncle took them with my other uncle and they went to New Orleans to watch the Niners. And I've been kind of you know, on the outside looking in, going, man, one day, one day, I want to go to a Super Bowl. I'm gonna make this happen. <laughs> and then lo and behold, this year happens and it's in Vegas, right yeah. by Bridgie. I got a place to stay right by my daughter, Amanda. So I got a place that somebody to hang out with, somebody to go to the game with. It's <laughs> in Allegiant Stadium, which is fantastic. And the Niners are in it. Like, like the stars completely aligned. Right. This being the Super Bowl I need to go to. That is so cool. Made it happen. That is so cool. So was it everything you like thought of? I mean, you sort of have high expectations for a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Was it what you thought it was? It was more. Oh, wow. wow. It was totally it was more. Nice. What's that, Bridgie? Was it totally worth the price of the tickets? Okay. So that's a that's a loaded question because <laughs> you can always say, man, that money could go towards a lot of other things because <laughs> like, it's not cheap, right? I mean, let's face it, right. it's pretty expensive, right? But just the memories and the fact that it was a bucket list and I got to bring my daughter and we hung out literally for the whole weekend doing stuff together around the Super Bowl, that is what made it extra special. So you know how they say, you know, memories are priceless, right? Experiences are priceless. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about this. It's like, you can't justify the cost. You just can't. 
right? They just, you know, I don't know. You it's, could do yeah. a lot of other things that are way more needed <laughs> in my life <laughs> that go into a Super Bowl, but the memories will never, ever go away. And it was such a great experience. I mean, yeah, I wish the Niners won, but besides that, everything was just way beyond anything I could have expected. Well, it was such a great game, though. Even though they lost, it was a great game. So, you know, I mean, it, it stayed exciting the whole time. Uh, wh what I want to know, okay. the halftime show, like, what was that like, See seeing all that? So Usher put on a fantastic show. Um, nobody can sweat like Usher. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. If I saw that. the memes. <laughs> he was working hard out there. Um, okay, so there's there's two parts of the halftime show that really stood out to me. The first part is how amazing the whole operation is of them getting that stage set up, getting all the people set up. That's actually what I was interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my you don't God. See that. You're watching it because, okay, the whistle blows, everybody, all the players leave the field, right? And then systematically from different parts of the uh, field, there's different entrances from the tunnels, right? There's different stage parts coming out, different people coming out from all these different areas. And within, I would say, eight minutes, the whole stage is completely set up and everything's ready to go. And then what's kind of cool is everybody gets a little lanyard with a little badge that hangs down with Usher's face on it, but it controls a light. And that's how all the people in the seats are, you know, shining the right lights at the right time. It's totally programmed. They just tell you to put the lanyard on and you're part of the show. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right. So it's shining at the right time. It changes colors. It blinks, all that kind of stuff. So that was really cool. And then the show actually starts and Usher is on one side of the field of the stage. Then he moves across the stage into the middle of the field. Then he moves to the other side of the stage where Alicia Keys is at. Then somehow they sneak Alicia Keys on with this 50 foot train on her dress that's just covering the entire stage. Um, then somehow roller skaters get onto the stage. I mean, I don't know how they roller skated on the grass to get to the stage, but somehow they got there. I mean, the whole thing was completely amazing. But here's the, here's, the, here's the crazy part that I really wasn't expecting. So after the show's done, they're getting all the people off. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, hundreds of people that are on the field at that time, right? They get all the people off. They get all the stage off. Within a couple of minutes, you see the players come on. And, and I looked at the clock. Within two minutes of them coming onto the field from the locker room, they kicked the ball off for the start of the second half. I mean, that is how quick everything is just moving for that halftime the, show. The logistics of that is just nuts. I, I, I can't believe they can. Yeah, that's. that's... I, I equate it to like a military operation. Right. Like there's different commanders in different posts just going, okay, you now, you now. Right. I like it's just everybody has a different time that they're supposed to go on a different role that they're supposed to play and then a different time they're supposed to come off but it's like to the second that's yeah. incredible it is incredible like the amount of organization that has to go into that and planning and down to yeah. the second almost yeah and even after the game for the award ceremony and like all the players are on the field you know hugging and cheering right and doing their thing and while they're doing that, they're moving stages onto the field and they're blowing confetti everywhere. And then they're getting the announcers down there. 
like I don't know, within minutes after the game's over, the stage is up and they're ready to do the uh, Lombardi Trophy and hand it over to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Boo. <laughs> yeah, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what's happening. I mean, it really is uh, amazing how they put all that together. Yeah. What was the energy like in there or like even leading up to the game? Because you went pretty early so you can kind of tailgate, pregame, get get your most out of the experience. What was it like? Well, first of all, thank you for being my Lyft driver. Uh, You got me to the game and and, and home from the game in an amazing way. I mean, you guys had a, it was a military operation for you to get me to the game and back. (laughs) I worked for the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we got there early and they have a whole bunch of exhibitors out in the, uh, the parking lot. Uh, food vendors, um, stages where different musicians are going, the cheerleaders are doing their routines. I mean, they pretty much have about four hours of entertainment that's going on outside the stadium before the game starts. Oh, wow. And then when you get in, you know, then, you know, this, the, we got in about an hour before the gate, before kickoff. And okay. there was plenty of stuff, right? Be- you know, between watching the the players warm up, getting some food, seeing all the other things that are going on, looking at all the stars. I mean, that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, that's the big question. How close were you to Taylor? So she was <laughs> um, probably about six sections away from six or seven sections away from us. Something oh, like okay. That. And then okay. right above us was LeBron James and Draymond Green for the Warriors and LeBron for the Lakers. They were sharing, interesting. They yeah, were sharing a suite, so they must be pretty close. Uh, and you had Russell Westbrook, you know, a little bit to write to them. You had Jimmy Kimmel, Kelly Clarkson, um, you name it. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jay-Z, Beyonce. Elon, uh, didn't you say you saw Elon? Elon Musk was yes. in between me and Taylor Swift. Was Elon okay. Musk? Yep. Um, wow. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was just Queen Latifah. Dang, <laughs> yeah. everybody. You, you Uncle Greg. On and on yeah, and on the Uncle Greg was, was there. there. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know, a lot of um, social media influencers were posting their pictures. So then you you see their post on on your phone, and you go, "Where's that? Where's that?" Right. So you kind of find them. Right. <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Well, you got a post to share, right? I do. You know, so the TikTok. day before Let's... the Super Bowl, we went to the Super Bowl experience, and the only other sport besides football was. Pickleball. We'll mute so you can still talk. Yeah. So in the corner of the convention center was actually two pickleball courts set up. And like I said, everything was football, right? It was a Super Bowl. It was football, 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 nothing else. And then all of a sudden you see this huge sign that says pickleball. And I'm going, okay. Now I know pickleball is here to stay. We've made it. We made the Super Bowl experience where no other sport did. 
That's were the pickleballers true. like just shocked to see you and excited and grabbing autographs or yeah it was it was yeah. i should have had some security i didn't think of that but <laughs> i'm glad you made it out alive exactly <laughs> it was rough it was rough good thing i had amanda with me she was fending people off right <laughs> right and then the line to play against us oh my goodness yeah, that was right that was I mean, crazy. Come on. did I'm you play had it organized though thank you thank goodness uh, did you get to play Yes, of course. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, got the got the play on the course and took on some fierce competition. I think they were probably eight or nine years old. No, oh, okay. Like that, but it was it was it was a rough match. They they had. Uh, uh, did you win? You know, I just felt bad about being too competitive here, so we just kind of like, you know, we just we just kind of dinked around a little bit, and then they well, just. Started... I, I was thinking you could say that you won the Super Bowl, though, if you won that one. Um, you know what I mean? The pickleball, the pickleball Super, Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I I did. I don't even know if I won the pickleball Super Bowl because they hit more home runs than I did. I mean, they were oh, whacking the ball oh, all over. Okay. It was it was intense. Okay. Yeah, I was I was I was hitting it hard. Them they were hitting it harder back and against the wall and into the fence. It was yeah, it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was really cool that they actually had two courts set up in the, in the NFL experience that or the Super really Bowl cool. experience. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, then and- the next day was actually going yeah. to the game, and I I took a little. Actually, Amanda, our marketing director, she uh, created this video. Nice. And I, oh, I forgot when I was walking around the stadium, I got interviewed by a television station. Um, asking me whether I plan on calling in sick for work the next day. So so I was happy to get on camera and do the interview. I don't know whether that's evidence against me that I already planned to call in sick. Right. (laughs) Hopefully that does not make it up to the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, it it was more than I ever expected. That's great. Yeah, well, I'm so happy you were able to go and check that off your bucket list. It's such an amazing experience that you had. And I got to see you for the weekend, too. So I know. Double win. That was so much fun as well. We got to eat. And <laughs> get and, and really, it, it was so helpful having you allow me to stay at your place and driving me to and from the games. And I mean, that just made everything even better. So thank you again. Of course. Russ, you're always welcome here, too. Oh, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Let me get on Expedia. We're going we're gonna to do the road trip pretty soon, right? Somewhere. We, we got to, yeah. Yeah. We got to make that happen. Uh, I think a road trip would be amazing, just, just for the food itself. Well, maybe next episode we'll talk a little bit about your most recent road trip. Yeah, there food. we go. Plenty of barbecue. Plenty yeah. of barbecue. It looked I'll, amazing. I'll share, uh, I'll share some photos of that. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, I think there's only one thing that can top the Super Bowl, and, and maybe that's our, our guest today. <laughs> I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to do it. We have a pro pickleball player, Jenna Hessert, is with us. Not only is she a pro and going to share what the whole lifestyle is like being on the, the pro circuit, but she also is from Oklahoma, and she I mean, that whole Oklahoma pickleball scene is growing. There's a lot of really good players out there. And she started a very, very high-level pickleball league in Oklahoma. So she's going to share how she did that and how is it going. So come on back and meet Jenna Hepburn.
Welcome back to Third Shot. Thank you so much for hanging out with us during that quick little break. We always appreciate all the support that you've been giving us on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, YouTube. Um, please continue to give us the feedback. We love hearing from you uh, and all the support. So thank you so much for that. We are really excited to have Jenna Hessert. She is a pro pickleball player and the founder, one of the founders of the Oklahoma Premier Pickleball League. So welcome, Jenna. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we get into your background and all the wonderful things you're doing for the Oklahoma um, pickleball scene, we want to do a cheers to Oklahoma Premier Pickleball League. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Mm, tasty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we are super appreciative because you are a very busy person for you to take the time and to meet with us and to share all of your experiences. But share with our audience all of the cool things that you've done that's kind of led up to this point in your life of being a pro pickleball player, someone who's running a league and all of the other amazing things and accomplishments that you've done in your life. Yeah, I, I like to joke that I have uh, several jobs that I absolutely love. So uh, full time, I'm a geologist. I work for an oil and gas company. And then I joke that that job supports my pickleball job. But it, uh, it allows me to do it. And I, and I absolutely love it. And so my pro pickleball career is my second job. And then uh, with that, I founded the OPPL with the help of several others here in Oklahoma. And then my uh, kind of third job, or I guess fourth job now, is uh, I coach CrossFit. And that, that keeps me in shape and gives me energy to do all this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you find enough time in the day. I mean, you're telling us your schedule and, and everything you have on your plate. It's crazy. So I like to joke with my friends, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I secretly have a time turner. So that, that's how I get it done. I need one of those. <laughs> so is your middle name Hermione? Is that what it yes. is? So how did you, I mean, you have a long background in sports. Tell everybody about your background because it's pretty, you know, it's pretty lengthy. Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in a tennis family. Both my parents played tennis. My mom actually played D1 at the Air Force Academy. So tennis history, uh, my dad was my tennis coach. My mom traveled with me to all my junior tournaments. So, so it was, tennis was in my blood. And I actually had the option to do tennis or track in college. Uh, I was a track athlete also in high school and ended up going to Yale to run track. I had that opportunity and absolutely loved it. It was a great four years of sprinting. Uh, I don't necessarily want to do that ever again, but it was really fun. So I did it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then, and then, yeah, um, kind of kept up tennis after college uh, in grad school at Texas Tech. I taught tennis. And then, like most people, I picked up pickleball during the, the COVID era, and it was just something else to do, and I instantly fell in love with it. Wow. Are you I think you are the first them? Ivy Leaguer we've interviewed. <laughs> that's good. Right. Better. At least you haven't interviewed a Harvard person yet, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have not. That seems very hard to find, but yeah, I mean, incredible the amount of things that you've already accomplished. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you went from just starting to play pickleball to becoming a professional pickleball player. Yeah, so I went with the intention of just, you know, picking up uh, that tournament scene again. I kind of missed that from juniors. I missed the, the tournament feel and 
and you have friends that you see kind of once a month at these tournaments, right, when you did tennis. And so pickleball reminded me a lot of that. And so I first just went to, you know, get back into the competitive scene. And I started off actually as a 3-5. And I had no clue what I was doing. I played it a lot like tennis. And I ended up qualifying, winning a 3-5 singles tournament and qualifying for nationals at, uh, in, in Austin. And I had no clue what that was, right? I didn't know what nationals was. Um, I remember my, my nationals match actually. So I ended up getting up to 4-0. And I played uh, Alex Chong at nationals. Oh, and wow. yeah, so she it, it was 4-0. She was playing a 4-0 yeah. tournament. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I played her first round. I lost in three games, battled all the way through the back draw, came back in the finals and played her in three games and then beat her in the game to 15. And it was an incredible match. I remember afterwards people telling me, I still have this picture that one of my friends took and you know, it was the backdrop in Indian Wells. And then there's two people in the front row. There's a mother and a daughter. And they're like, hey, you know, you know, the waters were watching your match. And I'm like, oh, the waters, that's, what is that? Is that like a that type of drink? Or... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know who they were at the time. And they're like, no, no, like the waters. And so I had to like, okay, let me Google the waters. Oh, okay, that, that, that's them. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> you had pickleball so that, royalty watching you play. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, okay, I see they probably were watching Alex at that point, but, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's where it started. And then, uh, you know, I saw she went pro and we've had several battles since then, um, both in singles and doubles. I've gotten her again in singles. She's gotten me in singles. I've not beat her in doubles yet. So, uh-huh. um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, after that, I played some five tournaments and then my friends said, Hey, why don't you try this, this pro thing? And, uh, I've had a couple good wins since then. And yeah, I've, I've loved it. So that was, I started, went pro in spring of, uh, 22. Yeah, and, and you know, offline you had mentioned a couple of those wins that you had. You know, it's okay. You you can you can brag a little bit. Yeah, who did you beat? Uh, so I've beaten uh, in singles. So that's my strong suit. I'm still working on doubles, but I've beaten Anna Bright, uh, Udit Castillo, uh, Georgia Johnson, um, Jess Warren in the finals, uh, Dominique Schaefer. So I've had had some some good wins in in singles. Yeah, just a few of the top players in the world right now. Just you Yeah, know. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so, that's so impressive. I yeah. I don't know how you manage. It's uh it's been a journey. I mean, like when I started this, I, I told myself I, I love I love pickleball, right? I love competing. Um I've I've always been a competitor and that's uh, what's driven me. Win or lose, right? I just want to say that I competed tough and I'm t- using my vacation hours from work to to pursue this career, right? To pursue this journey. So I always say, if I ever decide at any point, I would have more fun sitting on a beach, drinking a Mai Tai than losing in a pickleball match. I will go do that. <laughs> so that's, that's my mindset. I, I love, absolutely love it. And I'll be honest, there's sometimes it's been close. There's been some tough losses, but uh, for the most part, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I got to ask you like behind the scenes in the, in the pro world, like everybody's got a, a paddle sponsor, right? What's the process of how you choose or how they choose you to have a paddle sponsor? Because you're with Ace, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, like how did that whole, what, what's the process that goes behind that? Yeah, that's actually a great question. And I'm working with a few of the uh, younger pros, uh, especially the females in Oklahoma, to kind of help them go through that process. So my first thing I'd say is you need to, uh, as much as social media, I know it's 
people a lot of times maybe don't want to take spend their time, but that's a huge part of it, right? Because title sponsors want to get their name out. Um, they want you know the PR that you're going to bring them. So you start with I'd say a bigger company, really whoever's willing to sponsor you. Now make sure you like the title, right? That's important because you're going to have to use it. So I actually started with Selkirk. That was the first title I used, and I just emailed them with a couple of my wins and to their PR department. And this was before they had their tiers, right? And they just I said, hey, this is my plan. Here's the tournaments I'm planning on doing. Are you willing to? Here's some wins that I've had. Uh, are you willing to sponsor me for this, or maybe give me a little bit of free gear? So I kind of you you ask for the terms because at this point, if you're trying to get a sponsor, you probably don't have an agent yet, right? And they re I reached out to them. I reached out. I think I emailed about ten companies, and and they were the ones that responded. And so you just you just have to put yourself out there and ask. And so they responded, and I was with them for a year. And through this process, um, I don't know if you Ellie Smith. She does a lot on social media. She's very sweet. So she's with Ace, and so I got to know her just through the pickleball scene. And she put me in contact with their owner and said, "Hey, I think Jenna's an up and coming player. I think she'd be really great for your brand." And so one thing led to another, just from connections after that point. And uh, I got with Ace and set up the deal with them, and, and they've been great. Earlier, you were telling us how many different jobs that you have, and I am so curious how you manage to get in training. Like, what does your training regime look like where you can still be so competitive at this high level of play, but also you're like working full time? So I don't know how you do it. Yeah, it's uh, I have to be pretty disciplined. I think my, my dad's favorite word is compartmentalization, and I live by that now. I don't have much of a social life. I think pickleball's kind of become my social life, but that's okay. Pickleball people, for the most part, are pretty cool. So I usually wake up about 4 a.m. each morning. Uh, I work out. I do CrossFit from 5 to 6 in the morning. And then I go to work. Uh, I have nine-hour work days Monday through Thursday. So I usually get in about an hour of pickleball at lunch on my lunch break. And then I train for an hour uh, after work as well. And then Fridays, I have half days. So I can do two or three hours on Friday two or three hours on Saturday, and then rest on Sunday. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot. And then you're also CrossFit training some, somewhere in the evenings, I'm guessing. But I got to ask uh, so, you, the, yes. whole social, the whole social side you said about, you know, pickleball kind of your social you know, outlet right now. When you're at these tournaments, I'm, I'm so curious. Like, it seems like it would be so much fun, right, to go to all these tournaments with all these – pickleball players and you know hang out afterwards and stuff like that but is that really what goes on or is everybody just so exhausted after the tournament they're just back at their hotel sleeping yeah I think it's actually more of the first part which I really like I, I will say that is different from tennis tournaments uh, as a junior I felt like you you long days at the tournament and then you just don't really want to talk to anybody um, but I will say too in tennis I felt like you weren't really friends with your opponent I mean, half of my doubles partners, we've played against each other and then decided to team up, right? And I love that. That's very unique about pickleball. And so the same thing kind of happens. You end up rooming with a lot of these players. So we have a group uh, for nationals. We had an ace house. So all the ace sponsored players hung out together with our owner. He came, he actually played at nationals. Uh, it, it was a blast. And so from that standpoint, like it, it really is fun. I mean, you're obviously not going, you know, you're maybe not taking shots late at night together right, until after you're done. Uh, but yeah, it's a blast. You're hanging out, um, you're going to dinner, you're getting breakfast together, uh, you're planning to warm up with each other, you know, before your matches. And then, you know, hopefully, obviously, you each have long days playing. But as soon as you're done, 
you know, you, you might mope for maybe, you know, 20, 30 minutes if you had a tough loss, but then you're going to watch your friends play. And, and I really like that. And from, from my perspective, right, I didn't come straight into the pros. Like a lot of the younger players, they're coming from college and they're just starting the pro scene. I kind of like it because I actually have a lot of player friends that are still, you know, 4-0, 4-5, And so I'll jump back and forth and I'll go watch them. And um, I have a few players that I actually coach. And that's what I love about pickleball is, you know, you have amateurs playing with the pros. So in between my matches, I've gone and coached some of my friends. And, and I love that aspect of it. Yeah, see, you could totally count pickleball as your social time then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Combination. <laughs> Um, when we were talking, you know, we had a conversation before our recording and you had a really awesome comparison between CrossFit, which was kind of like your first competition um, mm -hmm. with pickleball. Can you explain a little bit more to our, our listeners kind of what that comparison is? Yes, uh, so I like to joke with my friends. I'm a member of two cults. So CrossFit <laughs> is, is, is very much a cult. No, I don't think anyone would disagree with that where you know, everyone's talking about the same things. We all have the same brands. We have all these weird phrases like AMRAP and EMOM, and no one really knows what they mean. Uh, and so that that energy, though, you know, it's typically a lot of people that are like-minded. They're really positive. They're really inclusive. If someone does CrossFit, they want you to come do CrossFit with them, and they want to talk about their gym and their community. Um, and, and that kind of energy is, is very similar. So now bring in pickleball. Okay, we all have the same brands. We all wear the same clothes. We have ATP and Ernie and Bert. And so it's, uh, yeah, I'm a member of two cults. I remember one of my local tournaments here, I had some CrossFit friends come watch my pickleball. And uh, my pickleball friends were like, oh, cool, you're cult friends. And they're looking around, these 500 pickleball players. And they're like, yeah, I think you're the cult, not, not us. <laughs> uh, but it's very, it's very similar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about community, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's really what, well, I want you to explain, that's kind of what you're trying to build in Oklahoma right now and within the pickleball community. It seems like you got such a great vibe going on in Oklahoma, and now you're starting a league. So tell everybody a little bit about the league that you're starting. Yes, so it's very similar to uh, the Orchard, how they have, you know, their MLP style. Um, I think actually uh, Pickleball Will talked about it uh, he said it's it's kind of like building something from the ground up, right? You have your your APP, your PPA, MLP. That's kind of top down, right? It's it's the top pros, and you can go play near them or at the same tournaments as them and cheer them on. And this is really, you know, my goal with this. And <clears throat> the first thing I did and my friends did was develop our mission statement, and it was grow pickleball within Oklahoma, but also develop pros and aspiring pros, right? How do we help kind of fuel them and and get them to potentially playing, you know? multiple PPA tournaments or playing in the MLP and uh, while, while at the same time growing the sport and awareness in Oklahoma, right? Supporting local businesses. So we developed the OPPL and uh, or just OPP for short, it's fun to say. Um, and uh, so yes, yeah, so we developed that. It's, it's four teams, three guys, one girl. And so we play two mixed matches, two men's doubles matches. And then we have a singles tie break that we coined Oklahoma Showdown. So we had to put our own spin on it. And uh, it's, it's been really fun. We host it, it's hosted out of a brewery here. And so they have a single pickleball court. You get a free beer with your ticket. So, I mean, pickleball, beer, like, can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> So what, at what point, you know, you're playing pickleball, did you decide, like, 
okay, I, I recognize that there's a need for this or what was the thought process behind even starting a league? Because, you know, a lot of cities I think right now have their city leagues and kind of their recreational leagues, but this is a little bit beyond that. How did you get to that point? Man, um, I have several friends that play play at the Orchard, uh, and I was just watching that, and again, the kind of the opportunity with this this court that opened up in the brewery, and that was sitting there, and then um, you know we started to get more pro players. We actually have six uh, players in Oklahoma that have played that, that consistently play pro, and a lot of people don't realize that. So I remember at one of the tournaments, you know, I'm cheering them on, and people are, "How do you know them? Oh, they're Oklahoma. Well, how do you know them? Well, they're also Oklahoma, actually," and so. Just seeing that level and opportunity here, you know, we thought, you know, hey, let's let's try this, right? Worst case, it's a really fun beer league, right? That was kind of like the worst case scenario. And then best case, let's we actually draw a crowd. Uh, we can make some money for these players because ticket sales minus offsetting costs, they all go back to the players. And then we could actually fund pro tournaments for them because, you know, we kind of talked about sponsorships. I mean, it's expensive, right? I mean, it's it's a tough to sustain, especially a starting player. And so if we could say, hey, our pros are earning, you know, several hundred dollars each season, and it's going to fund two pro tournaments a year for them. And what an amazing thing to be able to generate, you know, new talent, or at least give them an opportunity uh, to, to go pro, right, without using their own expenses, at least to start. Yeah. So, you know, you got the league going and you got this interest within Oklahoma and the players and stuff like that, but how do you actually, you create four teams. So is there a draft? Is there an application process? Like how do, or do you just personally go out and you're recruiting all the players? How did, how did that work? Yes. So this first season, it was uh, like half recruitment, half duper, you know, Hey, who, who can commit, right? Cause we didn't know how this was going to go. Right. So it was a little bit kind of combination of everything. Had to have a high enough duper, had to have played in pro tournaments, um, you know, be competitive at that level and also be willing to, you can't just say, oh, I don't feel like playing tonight, right? We've, we're putting on a, a show. We have, we have people coming to watch. Um, so, you know, who is going to bring in a crowd, commit to playing, and, and then again, have that high level. Um, and then we're also live streaming it. So we have a YouTube live set up. Uh, so we had over 500 views for opening night on the YouTube, which was fantastic. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, okay, you know, you can't like, let's try to keep swearing to a minimum. That was one of the deals too. And, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was very much grassroots from that standpoint. And then we're doing, we're going to do a draft, I think very similar, I think to how the Australia MLP did it with a team captain. So we'll do the, a draft and a team captain for season two, which will start uh, sometime in August, like early August. And then eventually, you know, I'd love to get like owners where they, you know, own a team and they're scouting players. I mean, you know, big picture, but you know, we're starting here. Yeah. Talking about big picture, what other uh, ideas do you have for the future as this continues to grow? Cause it sounds like it's been a success so far. Yeah, it's been great. So, um, you know, huge shout out to, I want to first of all, say Carol Rowles. She's been really helpful. She is one of the owners of the OKC Punishers. And so she's been a huge mentor in this and kind of helping connect me with, with you guys and a lot of the pickleball community. Uh, so that's been really collaborative. Um, and what's unique about Oklahoma, a lot of people don't realize this, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma City is a, a pretty big city, but we only have the Thunder. That's our only, so NBA, right? That's our only pro sports team. So there's there's an opportunity here for pickleball to kind of be that next big sport. And you have the OKC Punishers, which is the MPL team based out of here. And then you could have the OPPL. 
So our plan is if we could eventually grow that fan base. And as I mentioned, it's, it's three guys, one girl. Obviously, I'm biased. I want to see more females in sports and more females, obviously, in pickleball. So I'd like to use this to help develop the female talent uh, and eventually go to the two-and-two two format, potentially go to six teams. And then I strategically set it up where it's called the Oklahoma Premier Pickleball League. So then we could have a challenger league if we wanted to and have that feed into this. So there's there's definitely room to grow. Uh, we're starting here, but there's there's room to grow for sure. Well, I want to congratulate you on what you've accomplished so far. And I really love your social media posts. Um, whoever your photographer is that's taking the action shots, I mean, really, really cool stuff out there. So you're putting great content out. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you want to guess what sport I pulled her from? Ooh, tennis? CrossFit. Oh, <laughs> So she's a CrossFit photographer that's uh, photographed some of my CrossFit competitions. And again, it's, she gets like that energy. She's been, she's been great. You know, so it's, it's amazing. Again, even just that similar kind of, you know, field. It's okay. CrossFit, you have a platform, you have lift, you have, you know, a team dynamic, people cheering. And so she's like, I don't know how, how this is going to go. I've never done pickleball before. So that was her first ever pickleball shoot uh, from opening night. And then she's been photographing ever since and she's crushed it. She really has. I mean, some of the action shots, I mean, you really get right there on the player, their focus, the ball coming off the paddle. I mean, the whole bit. Yeah, Logan Sundy is her name, but yeah, Limitless Studios. Like she's she's been incredible to work with. And it's again just another translation of, of the two sports. So it's it's been it's been a really cool collaboration. Have you converted her yet to this other cult? <laughs> oh well, I mean, she loves it. She stayed. I mean, she's been. Uh, her and her husband came out. Her fiance came out, and they had a blast. And um, yeah, so I, I might have her hooked. It's just pretty. <laughs> we all know. We all know pickleball can be pretty addictive. Right. Well, you know, we were asking a little bit about the future of the league. I, you know, is there a potential that Oklahoma is going to take on other states? Yeah. So that would be great. I. I you know, I'm really. Uh, curious to see where the MLP, you know, kind of where that falls um, with everything that's happening with the merger. But one thing I do think other sports have done really well, let's, you know, use football for an example. Uh, I'm originally from Philly, so I'm a huge Eagles fan. And it's a big deal when the Eagles play the Cowboys, right, especially living down here. And we, there's a lot of trash talk happening, but I love it, even if we lose. Uh, and so to me, that's if, if, you know, MLP or even these kind of grassroots state teams could develop that rivalry where, you know, we have the Red River rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma. That's a huge deal. Well, that's very easily doable with pickleball, right? We could have OPPL take on Texas, take on Kansas. Maybe if we get, I mean, the Arizona League's way ahead of us, but we could have Arizona versus Oklahoma. Um, I think people would love that. And I think that would really start to develop kind of these potential regions. You start to have divisions. And you start to create that storyline that gets other people outside of pickleball engaged, right? I've, I've never, I'm, I can throw a football pretty, pretty well, but I've never actually played, right? Maybe just some flag football in the backyard, but I love watching it. And so that's where I think uh, pickleball can really start engaging other fan bases. Yeah, that whole football thing's a little sensitive right now, Jenna. <laughs> oh, are you 49ers? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. We we crashed and burned hard, so it's yeah. I feel, I feel for you. At least you made it there. Exactly. I don't know what's worse is like not making it there or making it there and losing in overtime. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's tough. 
I mean, hey, Eagles were up by 10 points last year, too, and we also lost it. So, uh, not, right. not great. Maybe maybe next year for us. We can bond. We can bond over yeah, there. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Misery likes company, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So as you move forward, um, is there any plans to have tryouts or, you know, if there's other people who are interested in maybe participating, is there like an age limit? What are the stipulations? Yeah, so uh, our plans, I'm going to actually go with Carol to the uh, NPL Combine and see how that's run. So mm -hmm. our plans are to host a, host a Combine, uh, and then we'll do, you know, um, a draft application and then do a draft. And then, again, you know, our goal is to develop the talent in Oklahoma, but if someone is willing to come here and play in it, uh, then, then I say let them, right? I say let them, let them come because that's, that's going to draw the crowd versus keeping it ex exclusive. I want to bring people, if they're, say, in North Texas, and they're like, hey, Oklahoma is now, now a hub for pickleball. Let me, let me go there and let me, let me play there and train with those people. And say someone in Kansas is saying, hey, I'm going to, Maybe I, maybe I moved to Oklahoma, right? I mean, everyone moves to Florida for, for pickleball. Why can't that, why can't Oklahoma be the one in the central U.S. to be that hub? Now, you've traveled a lot in your life, and mm -hmm. you kind of laid down roots in Oklahoma. For people that have never been to Oklahoma, tell us what it's like in Oklahoma. You, you can do your sales pitch for the state of okay. Oklahoma. Wow, okay, that's a tall order. So I've been here, I've been here two and a half years. Uh, so not, not that long, but for perspective, I was born in Germany, lived all up and down the East coast, military brat, and, uh, mostly grew up PA, Connecticut, Texas. So maybe not, maybe not West coast. Right. So I can't, can't speak to that, but, um, yeah, it's, I think it's the perfect size town. So Oklahoma city has a really good airport. It's very central. So a lot of direct flights and if not Dallas is right there. But you can get anywhere in the city in about 20 minutes, which is awesome. So, wow. you know, most of my commute, yeah, is 20 minutes or less. There's again, obviously, incredible pickleball here, right? Slightly biased, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, the weather. You know, the weather's great. Um, you still you get some snow, but it doesn't last long. Uh, I love the summer. There's lots of sun. Uh, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. It'll probably change. Uh, yeah, there's like fields. You have the Arkansas Hot Springs is only a couple hours to the east. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. And then the community, you know, that's as, as kind of the theme here. Um, it, it's a pretty tight knit community. Like people that live here really love it. And they're really proud of Oklahoma. I've met so many people that have lived here, left and then moved back because they said, I just, I liked it here. And, and they really enjoy it. And then the active community, even if you don't do pickleball, I do feel like it's pretty active. We have several climbing gyms. Um, there's like volleyball leagues that you can pick up, sand volleyball, out, um, indoor volleyball, biking, running clubs. They're hosting a marathon here. So it's, I, I've, I've really enjoyed that part of it too. Not just, you know, just pickleball, but just the overall kind of active community. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, come, come live in Oklahoma City with me. Well, we're definitely going to have to come visit. Bridgie and I are going to be part of the uh, road trip for us. Nice. I love it. I are love they, it. Are there a lot of outdoor courts? In yeah, so we actually, we actually have several outdoor facilities. Um, they're really pretty. There's some down in the park, uh, in downtown, a kicking bird park, which is the state, um, scissor, or scissor tail, sorry, scissor tail park, which is a state bird. And then on the north side, kicking bird. And then there's several indoor facilities. And then there's um, several being actually some pretty big ones being built. 
uh, and that'll be open next year too. And the indoor is great because Oklahoma does get a little windy. And so that is one thing. Um, it's nice having that indoor indoor backup as well. Well, I want to toast the whole Oklahoma City scene and especially what you're doing with the OPPL. So yeah, congratulations on all you're doing for the community of pickleball. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. So for people that want to kind of follow you, what's the best way for them to follow what's going on in the league or you personally? Yeah. So um, the league Instagram is OPP league. Uh, we have the schedule on there. Uh, you can, um, we're pretty responsive. If you want to send, send a DM and ask some questions and get to know it. And then the YouTube link uh, to the live link is on there as well. And then my Instagram is just Jenna Hessert. So pretty, pretty simple. Hessert spelled like dessert with an H. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can follow my my journey. It's usually uh, either pickleball or CrossFit posts. So and some rocks in there, of course, with geology. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciated it. Yeah, thank you so much. I know that you don't have a lot of free time, so we truly appreciate you yeah. carving out some time for us and sharing all of your amazing accomplishments and what you're doing again for the pickleball community. Well, thanks, guys. It's it's. I really I really do enjoy it, and that's what's made it so easy because it's. I love it. Well, it, it shows. I mean, the smile. You can't stop smiling. You know, <laughs> when you're talking about what you're doing. So it's so cool to have an opportunity to meet you, talk to you, and hopefully, Bridgie and I will catch up with you at one of the uh, APP tournaments or PPA tournaments that you're going to be playing in down the road. That'd be great. Looking forward to it. We do too. And for our audience, thank you so much for supporting us on Third Shot. Bridgie and I will continue to share our pickleball journey as well as have special guests just like Jenna for future episodes. Please, again, check out Jenna's uh, league uh, Instagram at OPP League. That's on Instagram. And then check out Jenna Hessert. That's like dessert, but only with an H on her Instagram <laughs> account as well. Um, you can support our show by subscribing, and we promise to have more amazing guests, just like Jenna, for future episodes. Let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game. It's so cool to talk about what's going on in the different communities across the country, like Oklahoma. You know, we want to hear your story. So get with us, share what's going on with uh, in your pickleball community, and uh, we will see you next time on Third Shot Podcast. <laughs>